Hey, what up, Peak Freaks? It's your King of the Cucks, Kevin here. Welcome back to the freakiest, the peakiest pod on the planet. Hope we've gotten a few new people watching or re-watching Twin Peaks. The show is, so far, living up to the hype. If you are enjoying the pod and want to support us, you can always rate the podcast five stars, write a little review, catfish our moms on Facebook. We'd uh, really, really appreciate it. I feel like the peak freaks are really hitting our stride in this latest episode. Owen finally knows who Laura is. Dennis and his props are getting way more theatrical. And for the most part, I managed to avoid any uh, incriminating slurs. So yeah, let's do the damn thing. Right after the theme song ends, they start playing the theme song music again. That's what I was about to say. I'm like, like, they... Didn't have enough uh, names, and they had to throw them in at the end. Oh, interesting. Yeah, like because they, they just like literally play start the theme song over and show the waterfall again. I think they probably cut to commercial between the two. Is my guess. They aired just the theme song before they went to commercial. Yeah, the theme song's like ten minutes long, so of course they had to cut to a commercial. It's the longest intro of like all time. All right, and then. We're at the Great Northern. Audrey watches Cooper walk down the hallway towards her. She greets him by the fireplace. He asks her to join him for breakfast. Uh, my only note on that is that she looked like she was having an orgasm against the Indian. <laughs> what are the like the Indian statues that are like totem poles? Like the cigar yeah, guys? No, no, a totem pole. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, wow, Kev, you're right. She's hugging that pole. Diane, 7.15 a.m. I'll be heading to the sheriff's after breakfast. From there, we'll be going on to Laura Palmer's funeral. Would you care to join me for breakfast? I'm in a hurry. For what? Audrey, that perfume you're wearing is incredible. I'm, I'm starting to catch on to Agent Cooper's, like, BS. Where he's like, you smell incredible. Okay. He, no. Like, he, he's trying to get at something with her. Like, because as yeah. soon as he gets her signature and, like, figure, and he's figures out that she slipped the note, he's, like, done with her. Yeah, you know? he always has a hidden agenda. It's kind of like hanging out with... <laughs> you're like... You're going to have to cut that. Well, it's like your friend who, when you go to the bars, like... He always has like a hidden agenda where he's trying to talk yeah. to some girl. Like he might like give you a compliment or like talk you up, but it's only so he can like talk to this girl. I feel like every time I've ever talked to the person you just mentioned, he's never looking at me in the eye. He's looking, he's like looking at some girl over there or like looking past me. That's just like he's acting like he's talking to me. So he, yeah, and I think I, my explanation for that perfume thing is he's later going to ask her about. Renette and Laura, who both worked at the perfume counter. So he's kind of like fishing for like, oh, oh yes, perfume counter. And that's her dad's department store kind of thing. So it indicates that. Yeah, definitely is foresight to that. Oh, shit. Yeah, perfume counter keeps popping up. Like every episode, they mention the perfume counter in it. So he basically discovers that she wrote the note, Jack with one eye. Do you guys keep thinking about the guy with one? I keep getting it in my mind. Oh, I didn't even think one eye that. and the guy with one arm mixed up i didn't think about the girl with one eye it's the same guy yeah oh and no. the girl the girl with the one eye i didn't even think about her she could be obviously in play what's her name it. could be like 
Jacqueline. <laughs> Jacqueline. <laughs> Jacqueline. Jacqueline. Jacqueline, yeah. Uh, it's like all the characters are just so insane that they could be the same person no matter what. Okay, wait, I want to show you guys one really quick scene because I have a hot take. Please have a seat. Okay, watch here. And would you write your name down for me? Okay, did you see it? No. Okay, so just to summarize it really quickly, he asks her to write down her name, and then he looks over at her writing it, but the first time I saw it, I didn't catch that. I just thought he was looking at her tits again. <laughs> well then, yes, I saw what the, what was going on. Well, no, I, think I knew he was looking for a signature. I didn't. I, I'm, and I, the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, there he is. Look oh, I was just being a dog. Like, yeah. Hey, write your name down. <laughs> Distract her for yeah. five seconds just to look at her boobs. That's what I was thinking. And, and I think that is part like people like me might not catch that, like, or like just see that and then not think much of it. And then I bet this guy ends up being gay. Like, I think they're like trying to make it seem like he's horny for her. But like, clearly, he's like, every time he looks no, at her, I, I don't think it's that. I think he's just. He wants to solve. He doesn't care about anything else but solving this or like figuring it out. Okay, so what was he looking at when with the freshly squeezed grape juice? He was analyzing her and like figuring out where she fits into this puzzle. Okay, but Kevin, that's a good point because it's it's an odd thing to have freshly squeezed grape juice as soon as she's walking in and then also looking down at her. Yeah, I think they're they're trying to create this illusion of like sexual tension. When there really isn't any, like, if anything, Cooper's probably uh, yeah. or asexual. Like, he's, like, clearly just focused on solving crimes. Yeah, yeah. he's he cares about solving crimes. But I think it was, like, kind of obvious that he's looking to just see how she wrote. Mm -hmm. Well, you but, know how guys yeah. are. It's either they they care about solving crimes or they want to bang the girl <laughs> they're talking to. So. Okay. <laughs> we we got to keep moving. We got to keep moving. I do like the Agent Cooper's breakfast orders. Kevin, you pointed it out in the other episode. He has probably the best breakfast orders. Short stack of griddle cakes, melted butter, maple syrup, lightly heated, slice of ham. Nothing beats the taste sensation when maple syrup collides with ham. Griddle cake, slice of ham. He comes to breakfast with like a clear goal in mind and knows exactly what he's going to order. And it's different every time, which is normally you would That's think true. like somebody who's like that like type a or like obsessive compulsive i feel like this is all kind of building up to he cracks at one point like he's like kind of a robot and he's just all business but something's going to happen where he kind of cracks but you well, also saw that same thing dennis when he spit out that cup of coffee in the last episode like that is not but then good. still said it was the best cup of coffee or like a great cup of coffee right like a robot malfunction like he knows yeah. what he's supposed to say, yeah. but it just wasn't a good cup of coffee. He's the perfect FBI agent, but this case he can't crack and it's going to drive him nuts. All the other ones he nailed probably, but then he comes here and he's like, I'm doing all the same things and I just can't get it. Or he normally just shows up to a place he hates and he doesn't feel attached because it's just like some cold town. But this one, it like warms him and is kind of cracking him slowly. That makes a lot of sense. I like it. The only other thing I noted about that was I never realized that Horn's apartment store owned by 
Horn Brothers, the horny guys. <laughs> <laughs> really laying the horn. Yeah. yeah. At one point, the brother, the guy who reminded you of Sean Penn, he said, you were supposed to grab those Vikings by the horns. So they're really like oh, yeah. playing into the horn thing, which is just crazy how every single scene or like every single piece of dialogue was written intentionally in this. Yeah. yeah. It's a little annoying because you really have to pay attention to mm -hmm. think about it. Imagine watching this in 1990 where like, yeah, you caught it once. And that's what I read somewhere that like people would go back and watch the VHS recording of it. And then like, you're trying to catch all these things on some fuzzy VHS recording. Like this must've been groundbreaking. I mean, it, it is kind of nice talking about it this way. Cause I'm, I am afraid to Google anything. So like mm -hmm. I'm kind of in a bubble and only talk about it with you guys. Like, and don't really have, I have no clue where it's going or like, it's like watching it live where I feel like if I was watching my own, I would like go to the subreddit. And read shit, whatever. Or you'd but, be on the next episode so quickly before you even have a chance to dissect the other episode. We're really yeah. getting this the full 90s experience of the show. Yeah, if yeah. I was watching this on my own, I would have stopped episode one and been like, <laughs> I'm not watching this and show. Yeah, so. I did try to watch it my own five years ago. I stopped at episode one because I'm like, oh, an hour and a half episode? <laughs> yeah, if we get nothing else out of this podcast, it's really going to make this show like one of a kind for experience for us because we're really getting to appreciate it in its full intent. So the cops sit down at the meal with Cooper. <laughs> what? Yeah, Dennis just downed his glass of wine. <laughs> it's, like, it's like halfway full and he's like, oh, just a little one last sip here. <laughs> just leaned all the way back. While I was doing it, I'm like, whoa, that was a big sip. <laughs> I could tell it's one of those things where it's like there's a point of no return where you're yeah. like, well, I can't stop. Like, do yeah, I put it good. down and then like two minutes later I have to take <laughs> another sip? Might as well just <laughs> Yeah. Get it done with. Okay. Okay. I have a good point that I just thought of. So when those Mr. Sears I've been very focused today. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm I like it. I like it because we need to keep it going. Yeah. I was like, I was editing the last podcast and I was slurring my words toward the end because I had had drinks before and then I had ended up having a, like a whole thing of wine during it. I was like, oh God, <laughs> editing here. Um, the So Cooper said at the table, brings in the two like local, the local sheriff, Truman and the secretary and they instantly sit down and ask him who killed Laura Palmer. Like they have so much faith in this guy. They think he solved it in two days. And oh, then that's what they meant by that. I, I didn't get that. So that's a good point. Where they just like felt like, all right, who did it? Like, yeah, figure it out. Okay. Well, he, he, he called them the night in the middle of the night and said, I know who killed Laura Palmer. He kind of teased it, but they still like really like generally thought he solved some like intricate murder in less than like a day or two. I mean, he he primes them by saying when he was in Tibet, he had a dream about something that tied to his dream. So he kind of primes them that he's going to have a dream. And that's what's going to help him crack it. Because, yeah, yeah, Truman literally says, Tibet again or something like that. Oh, like, yeah. 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 And then he says something about break the code, solve the crime. So, like, break the code of the dream and we'll solve the crime. Oh, and then I thought it was really funny. Like, after he says break the code, solve the crime, the, se the secretary writes down in her notebook, 
break the code, solve the crime. Like, it just reminds me of me at work, like, pretending <laughs> to pay attention at a meeting. Like, the most important thing is some weird catchphrase. Yeah, like you saw and just write down the last thing you heard and write down, yeah. you're paying attention. So yeah, and my favorite, anytime I do that, and put like a star next to it too, be like, oh, this is important. And you never look back at that note ever again. <laughs> I, I used to work with uh, my uncle and he would, when he would take notes, I'd sometimes grab his notebook afterwards and it's just him scribbling <laughs> lines to look like he's writing. I'm like, you might as well just write at that point. <laughs> Let's get back into the plot. So we were talking about just them sitting down and how they're like, think he solved the crime already. They're excited. The two sheriff and the secretary. And then they um, talk about, I, I don't understand any of this. The fire walk with me and the one-eyed guy. Can somebody explain that to me? I think it's just the dream he had. The one-armed guy. But didn't you say he got a phone call? from? That was part of the dream? Um, I don't remember that. No. Oh, yes. Yeah. So I'm reading the notes right now. So all that was part of the dream. Cooper shares his dream with them. The fire walk with me slogan is part of the dream. Harry gets a radio. Okay. Oh, so he talks about, do you know where dreams come from? Neurons fire impulses into the brain. The impulse becomes pictures. The pictures become dreams. But no one knows why these particular pictures are chosen. But and then I also like that he said his dream took place 25 years later. And I thought it was really cool that they brought the show back after 25 to 30 years. Yeah. I wonder if there's something related to that. Like, was that actually planned? I don't know if it was planned or like maybe it was always like probably talking about it. Like, hey, maybe that would be a good time to get the Twin Peaks back. Yeah. And this show seems to pick point, like pick apart every little thing and everything seems to be important. The timing of when they release the newest one has to have some importance. I think for sure if, if he has another dream sequence and he's old, like older like that then it's like, okay, this is a consistent thing that happens. So far, we've only seen one dream sequence. Yeah. Uh, but Laura, okay, so at the end of the dream, he said Laura whispered the name of the killer into his ears, and then they both ask, who was it? And he says, I don't remember. And their reaction is amazing, because they say, damn. Because <laughs> they were... <laughs> They were just hoping he solved the case so they could just yeah. go back to normal. It's yeah. Oh, you're right. Yeah. That's the, this the is too much work for them. It's, it's like when you're at work, when something <laughs> inconvenient is like, happening, yeah. you're like, dude, I fucking hate this. I just want <laughs> to go back to where I don't have to do that much. This could have saved me like five minutes. Like I knew there was something funny about the way they said damn. And I was just yeah. like, oh, I know that damn. Like, oh, we didn't solve the problem. <laughs> we have to keep working. Fuck, we gotta work today. Uh so yeah. So that scene ends. They uh are called over to the morgue where there's a fight. Albert and Dr. Haywood, Albert is the special agent who is called in, argue over whether to release Laura Palmer's body for the funeral. Albert insults everyone and Harry punches him, causing him to land on top of the body. Cooper orders Albert to release the body and the men leave. Cooper stay behind and arranges the body. I was going to say the way he gets punched and lays on top of that body for like a little too long. Mm -hmm. It's kind of creepy in a perfect missionary position. <laughs> yeah. 
And he gets yeah, it. I think like his one. I think his dick slipped in. <laughs> yeah, it was a little forced, I think, by David Lynch. I was also thinking about how David Lynch has a widow's peak, and I'm like, I wonder if this show is because he had a widow's peak. <laughs> Like if he didn't, and he wish he had another one. (laughs) The scene at the morgue is extremely hectic. I think I don't get what Mister Horn is doing there. He's the guy that has the watermelon tie. The morgue is supposed to be like a very closed off. Like the person that's inspecting the body, uh, doctors, like policemen, like family members. Why is he there? And, you know a lot uh, about morgues. The other, to say that every every time I've gone, <laughs> it's been a real big hassle. <laughs> like, how the fuck did Mister Horn get in there? <laughs> it's so hard but, for me to get into morgues. They don't just let anyone in there. And then the fact that the the one FBI agent was like using a lab coat, and there's blood like splattered all over it, and yeah. he was about to drill drill her head. <laughs> I have an interesting point that you're really going to like. Well, my theory was like that he's trying to just tamper with some evidence. Oh, I don't know. Okay. I liked this. I like the special agent. He's like a perfect contrast. Well, he's like Cooper, but just like not like Cooper. But then Truman hits him with the slowest punch ever. Well, and you get knocked out like that. You got to lay in a woman. Yeah, Yeah, but he lays his ass out. Um, but my note there was just that, like, I wish I could take my golf swing back that slow, just like a nice controlled. <laughs> oh, and what was your last point before I went off on my tangents? Oh, it was, you were getting at something and I, and I got selfish and I wanted to knock out. my. I, I, I think I said he laid her, his ass out. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think that was the only point. It Ooh. was like, I hope no one heard, oh. I hope no one heard that. I remember what it was. You talked about the blood spilled on his jacket. On the left side, there's a uh, frowny face on his jacket and blood. Really? And I didn't write that down. I was like, that's really weird, but I'm not, I'm not going to write that down because it doesn't sound important. But then later in the episode, it proves to be important. And I'll show you guys why. Whoa. Ooh. Very nice. And it was just interesting that Cooper orders the agent to release the body and get the test results faster. He clearly has some power over this agent. And that's what surprises me. Cause I'm like, why does he have so much power over this guy? Yeah. I thought that the guy that came, the new agent that came in was like his superior. He's like, you're doing a shit job. I got come in here to clean up your mess. Cause you suck. But it seems like it's the other way around where agent Cooper is just bossing this guy around. He's like, well, yeah, this is kind of what I mentioned earlier, where I feel like these guys are similar and you're starting to see them break off. I mean, I think Agent Cooper is not as cold as this guy. He's more in line. I think I have something here. I now think that the agent that came in represents what Cooper's normally like. Yeah. Cooper is so softened by this town that he's starting to act different. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say. Okay. So then we cut to Leland watching Invitation to Love as a nurse gives him a shot. I don't remember that shot. The doorbell rings. A young woman who is identical to Laura. Uh, I would not describe her as identical to Laura. I'm reading this note. I don't remember this scene at all. I remember the the Invitation to Love opening because I'm like, this is the second time we've seen this. This has to mean something. So this is fandom fucking us over right here because 
there is, I can pull this up really quickly because I think you guys might want to we might want to look at it now, but this guy's always looking good, no matter how sad he is. Dressed well. <laughs> I was gonna say he's relaxing in a tie and a suit. Is it you? I am so sorry. Is that Laura in a wig? Well, I didn't think that. No, it says Uncle Uncle Leland. It's their cousins. They're related. Yeah, yeah. I, knew, I remember that. But I never even thought like, oh, this girl is light. Looks I like Laura. Got, I got the impression Dude, like. They don't oh. show Laura. They show her? I mean, they they show her multiple occasions. <laughs> Dead, alive. The next to the midget guy? Dreams. But like not all right, whatever. in the video, I feel but, like everyone's Laura. So maybe I'm just like the guy in the fandom. It's like looks like Laura. It's like all the blonde hair girls. Uh, the lady at One Eye Jacks, isn't that the the brothel? Yeah, One Eye Jacks. She looked identical to Laura. I'm like, is that supposed to be her? I I was getting the impression that Leland was treating her almost like Laura, but I didn't think it was because he, she looked like her. It was more just like, it was somewhere one related to him that was around the same age as Laura, not the looks. Right. Well, before we get too deep into that, I just wanted to note about that soap opera that they keep cutting to invitation to love. Yeah. So my theory on that is that like this show is loosely based on a soap opera. Like it's probably David Lynch was watching too much daytime television and it was like, how can I take a soap opera and make it so fucked up that like they can't put it on daytime television? And I'm kind of wondering, I bet if I dug into the Wikipedia, like I could find out specifically like what soap opera he was watching at the time. Yeah. There has to be some sort of tie to that. Cause they, they keep showing that mm -hmm. almost every episode. And it's very soap opera E, but just with these really weird twisted elements. And there's also a note that's not too helpful that it's just, it shows a lot of people home during the day, which is a very weird time. Like the yeah. weekday. It gives me anxiety mm -hmm. looking at these people, him fully dressed inside his house with like a tie, just sitting yeah. around. I'm like, Oh dude, you, you have something that you should be doing and you're not doing it. I Wait. feel like there's just way enough like work mm -hmm. that he should be I, doing. I don't like it. I do think it's the day of his daughter's funeral. So that I guess that makes sense why he's wearing the. All right. Well, he yeah. needs to stop being a little snitch <laughs> about it. And get out of if he's at home, get comfortable or go to the goddamn yeah. funeral. Well, I do think there is something there, though, just about like people who watch soap operas are like these kind of people who are home all day and they want drama. It's the same people who like listen to true crime podcasts because they just. They like want to feel like their life is more substantial and crazy things are happening and their life is so boring. Um, and then Maddie shows up. She's dressed like the girl from Napoleon Dynamite. I think Leland wants to <laughs> fuck Maddie. Those are my only other notes. <laughs> I absolutely have no clue who any of those characters are. <laughs> Leland is Laura's dad. Maddie's the new girl that just walked in. And oh, Owen did ask at the beginning, uh, who, who is Laura? <laughs> All right, Leland has a little, like, that's a that's a pussy-ass name, by the way. I mean, named Leland as a guy, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sorry to all of our After that, listeners that are, that are men named him. Leland. I feel really bad. I, I don't know. So I was imagining a woman. 
And so I was very, very confused. You have to imagine anything. He's on the screen. (laughs) There's no imagining. All right. At the double R, which is the diner, Norma discusses her husband's good behavior in prison and that he might be released soon. Hank's parole officer, Wilson Mooney, asks how she fends off potential suitors. And she says that her husband is homicidally jealous. Mm, that sounds important. <laughs> it was probably the most boring scene of him. But Sometimes I just, in my brain is just like, oh, it's the girl at the diner. And then I just kind of tune out. Like, this isn't important. Her and James are easily the most boring characters of yeah. the show. James is the biker guy. And I'm like, anytime there's a scene with them or Donna, I'm like, I'm out. I'm out. I yeah. want the crazy character. <laughs> I agree. Maybe that's intentional. Like they want, but she's starting to get more interesting because Norma says her, or he's basically the parole officers describing that her husband's a perfect inmate and on track to get released. She's planning to let him work at the diner when he gets back. And uh, she has this line where she's like, and he expects to be a productive member of society really soon. And I thought that was really cool because I was, I have the exact same aspirations. <laughs> this is my stand-up act. This, I was gonna say this podcast will get you there, Kevin. Yeah. So keep doing this, and you'll be you'll, yeah. get, you'll get there quick. It, it's kind of weird. He goes from he's homicidal to that. Yeah, he's a homicidal maniac, and now he's also like playing a perfect character in prison. It's definitely gonna come back in an interesting way, but I don't know what her husband looks like. I can't picture him, so doesn't mean too much to me at this moment. And then we get back to the star of the frickin' pod. But, yeah. fir- but first, uh, Detective Cooper's infatuated with some ducks on the lake. Uh, Cooper. I wrote in- that. I wrote that down too. Like, why well, think there's fucking ducks on a lake? Like, ducks on a lake are very common. It was I- like a very. I, I don't know if it was supposed to mean something. I could feel like somewhere down the road, maybe it does. But I was like, that was such a weird thing to end up pointing out. And those weird small things that they do point out end up being, I feel like you're going to end up always being something. Well, my big thing about that is they just keep like alluding to his past or where he's from. And like, I keep trying to picture where exactly he's from. Like, is he from some big city? Is he from like Portland or Seattle? And like, where can't he get this good cup of coffee? And where can't he see ducks on a lake and pie? Oh. And- my, I've always yeah. just imagined he's from New York City, and I don't know why. But that's such a far trek to go. There's definitely an FBI agent closer. So I can't think of uh, your biggest city you have would be Seattle. But, like, you get all of that in Seattle. I think they're just basically trying to show that he's from this is the point. Like you can't place where he's, he's from and he's like an alien in this town and it's just completely different. That's like kind of the point. That is, that's an interesting one. I never thought about him being an alien, but I would not. I be say, do you think he, yeah. Do you think he's an actual alien? I think he's part. I think he's, we'll get in later in the episode where they say there's evil in this, in these woods. And I feel like he's the opposite of that. And like, mm-hmm. I don't know if he's real or whatever. Well, you made me realize something there that I never thought about. 
is it's very, very possible that he is just an alien because he is kind of like inspired by like these aliens in movies where they like come to Earth and they they learn how to dance and they learn how to yeah. like eat pie and they're like infatuated. Fine, good cup of coffee. And they're like, yeah, it's almost like he's an alien. And I would not put it past the fact that he's an alien. Yeah. All right, let me just run through this plot point really quick, just so I have it on camera. You guys don't have to talk. Cooper and the sheriff visit Leo Johnson at his home. Harry explains that they have not caught Leo in anything illegal, and they question him about his relationship with Laura Palmer. Cooper lists off Leo's criminal record and asks where he was the night of the murder. He said he called his wife, Shelly, from Butte, Montana. The one thing I noticed about the scene is Leo's, like, pissed for no reason. Yeah. Why Leo is pissed no. for no reason 24-7, <laughs> 365, dude. He's usually a jolly boy. <laughs> Why is he I, so mad? My only two things on this scene were I like where uh, Cooper kind of in, like trolled him a little bit. And he's like, Leo, is that short for Leonard? Because like Leo's the type of guy who'd be like, I'm not Leonard. I'm Leo. <laughs> I'm big bad Leo. And then the scene where they ask him if he has a record and he says no. And then he basically like rifles through like this large record that he Eating has. Ticket. 1985. <laughs> yeah. Like that. Bobby in a suit stretches in front of the crucifix. His father asks to talk. The major lectures about funerals and responsibility, while, which is amazing. While Bobby plays with his lighter, the major says Bobby does not need to be afraid, and Bobby shouts, which afraid. is <laughs> a highlight of the episode, yeah. in my opinion. I don't like the way that his dad's like, now, Bobby, I know you're going to be a little, like, talking straight ahead. I, I understand he's trying to portray his, like, military, but mm -hmm. I do kind of yeah. agree with Bobby. I mean, on this bobby is like just like a military like like a military brat but yeah. the dad is so reasonable and for some reason bobby is just so unruly which typically is like the dynamic between a person that's in the military and has kids so i i truly i don't know what the hell they're trying to portray with I bobby or if or if he's just freaking out because he's under so much stress it's got to be the case right i feel like it's the opposite like i think this dad doesn't understand teenagers at all like that he's just talking to them like here's how you should feel da, 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 da. but it's more like don't be afraid bobby and it's like there's no empathy to how he's actually feeling about things it's more like analytical of like here's the reasons you're feeling all this not like it's okay and it's i understand like, why you're uh, feeling this way yeah. i feel this way too he's just like reciting like philosophical points yeah very unhelpful and so it, like, it, it went to show like i know you might be afraid for him to even say that like obviously like he's afraid and he's feeling all these it was his girlfriend even though he was cheating on her he probably had feelings for her but like all these feelings and he's like acting like yeah you might feel this if he's a human he's gonna feel that yeah mm -hmm. i guess he probably should just give him a hug yeah He's basically the kind yeah, of guy yeah, who like, I, thinks he has an answer to everything. And it's like, yeah, sometimes he's yeah. an answer to everything. Sometimes you just feel shitty. Yeah, exactly. Like, he wants to be a good dad, but it's just not. He, he doesn't it's have an emotional connection. There's no emotional connection to him at all. So the big things in that scene, in my mind, were just Bobby doing his Jesus impression in front of the cross. was really cool. Where he's kind of just like staring at the cross, pretending like he's Jesus. Which makes me think he might be like the savior of this series. Yeah, I'm kind of liking Bobby. 
He's I he walks away from this episode being my favorite. Just really just, fucking James. I know. I, I have a note here later. Like this guy better do something special in the future. Yeah. Otherwise, he's just the most boring. Unlikable. Yeah. Um, James is the guy with black hair, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I fucking hate that guy too. <laughs> James Hurley, right? That's his name. <laughs> yeah, from Lost. <laughs> uh, Bobby's dad doesn't bring out an interesting point. I like when he says, "We have a responsibility to the dead." Bearing is man's way of achieving closure. I never really thought about like funerals, but I always just like know we do these things, and it made me realize, like, like oh yeah, like. That is why we do this. Like, yes, it's stupid, but it's like, it gives us closure. So, but then obviously Bobby shows up and he goes, Dennis, can you do it? Afraid! Afraid! <laughs> I'm going to turn it upside down! <laughs> and he didn't lie about that. That's yeah. why I like Bobby. No, Amen, Dennis. Amen. <laughs> Leo and Bobby. Leo is becoming a little too predictable bobby is like i don't know what this guy's gonna do next. i like him yeah I I mean, we're, the next scene's funeral scene right there's one random thing that i have to point out bobby's mom had a smiley face pin on her blouse oh which is a direct contrast to the frowny blood i mentioned earlier i did notice too with bobby's mom like there he's fucking shouting afraid at the top of his lungs and she walks in like are you guys ready to go She's yeah. kind of an angel. Uh, so that uh, very, very cool. Then they cut to the analysis of the murder with the special agent who comes in at the station. Deputy Hawk reports that he has been unable to find the one armed man. And Cooper tells him to keep trying. Cooper and Harry meet with Albert to receive his report. Laura Palmer had cocaine in her system and in her diary. She had cocaine in her diary. Okay. She had been tied up on two separate occasions that night, and it looks like the killer kissed Laura after she was dead. I think the biggest piece of information I took from that is that his dream, where her arms sometimes bend backward, so it means that his the dreams he's having could actually relate to real life. So there's some supernatural sort of element to it. I agree. Where I think is... Like Agent Cooper is like, oh, sometimes my arms bend back. I feel like that's also too obvious because he actually says it out loud. Yeah. Where it's like sometimes right. my arms bend back. And it's like, oh, he's trying to make it his dreams always mean something. Yeah. And he's oh. leading himself down this rabbit hole. I think you're right. Mean shit and is going just the wrong direction. Oh, and I think that was like a genius point because I was leaning the other way where it was like, Clearly, his dreams are happening in real life, but no, he's probably just justifying them. Yeah, and that's a it's that's like a classic a, cop thing to do is they get they yeah. find the killer in their mind. They're like, "This is the guy. He's our guy." And then evidence all points the wrong that it's not the guy. True. But they're still like, "Nope, it is it." So I think that's just what's happening. You watch a lot of uh, Netflix crime documentaries, don't you? Yeah, and you're not allowed in the morgue unless you're part of the, <laughs> at the morgue. I wait in line three hours to get in the morgue, and they won't let me in. Uh, the only other cool part was that she was tied up like Jesus, and the scene before that is that Bobby was doing like the tied oh. up like Jesus thing. So That's good. Good point. Good point. And they found industrial strength soap at the murder scene. Ooh. 
Who do we know that likes soap? It is Leo freaking Johnson. Oh. I think that's just another obvious. That's picture. such. A, yeah, that's a good. That's a really good point. But I think we want that. Too. Yeah, <laughs> Leo likes bar soap. No, no, no. It's not Leo. He likes bar soap. Yeah. Well, they don't. He's yeah. Not using that soap. Well, we don't. They don't say it's not bar soap. You think they liquid just, soap's gonna hurt? Did they say no, liquid soap? This is gonna hurt. Nope. I don't think even liquid soap was like that hot back then, especially yeah. for showering. Trust me, if Leo Johnson wanted to hurt somebody <laughs> with liquid soap. You would find a way. For sure. The killer washed his hands and leaned in for a kiss. <laughs> you already said this part. Like, like no, I didn't do the like this. <laughs> it's like a... Yeah, the way that he grabbed her. Or not to be. Yeah, it's, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's like... The fandom doesn't really justify like how weird that pose was. Like, like this. I didn't like, I didn't like that because I'm like, he didn't know how they... What if he grabbed her neck and shoved it in the ground? Like, how do you know <laughs> yeah. Fucking lean into a kiss. All right, we were running yeah. behind. We're running behind. We're running right, behind. Go, 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 go. There were also claw marks on her shoulder. Oh on this scene. Okay, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, yeah. There were also claw marks. <laughs> we'll brush to this. And something in her stomach. Harry excuses himself to attend the funeral. So the only thing I wanted to say about that is um, the agent says, Laura had claw marks and bite marks on his shoulder. And the uh, the dumbass sheriff goes, an animal of some kind. And agent, the agent says to Truman, yeah. look, it's trying to think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that line. That's such a great burn. <laughs> yeah. So funny. The other thing quickly is the thing they found in her stomach had a J on it. Mm -hmm. And I'm just thinking her diary says, tonight I'm meeting J. You know? So, like, now is it a drug or, like, something else? Oh, like, was it, yeah, what did they mean when it, it had a J in it? A J, the letter J, a piece of plastic with J on it. Oh, so like some kind of drug right. has a plastic J in it? No, dude, just the letter. It was just in there. I don't understand that part at all. So there was, the fingernail, there was the letter S, and now they found the letter J in her stomach. No, the J was in her, or no, R was in her fingernail. Was it R? R J. Yeah. Okay. Ed inspects the tchotchkes on his shelf. His wife, Nadine, runs and embraces him, and she guesses about the previous night and about the time they had in high school. James comes in and says he will not attend the funeral. All right, here's what I think's happening. So Ed's wife's name is Nadine. I'm like 90% sure. Her they have the same net last name, because I, I looked that up. Okay, because I feel like her last name is going to be Jack or something, and she's going to end up being One-Eyed Jack, and she's the one that... No. no. Okay. Her last name's like her. What? Are we yeah. sure? You're positive? It's like Nadine I like Kevin's theory. Like yeah, but we don't know her maiden name. Oh, yeah. And a one-eyed Jack that wants very quiet curtains. The one prostitute, uh, the brothel, is full of curtains. She's literally oh, jealous yeah. of the most popular girl. It's called one-eyed Jack. I, I think she's going to end up being like a very significant character. And yeah, come on, they, I mean, if anything, they probably did the one-eyed thing too strong. Like, come on, how could we miss that? But yeah, yeah. True. that's a good point, Kevin. Good point, Kevin. Thank you. Write that down. Um, I didn't have it. These are all off the cusp. <laughs> uh, Audrey eavesdrops. Oh, this is weird. Audrey eavesdrops. Oh, yeah. Eavesdrops Eaves. briefly at the office. Can I do that one more take? 
Audrey eavesdrops briefly at the office, then enters a secret passage to spy on her brother and Dr. Jacoby. I, I, the first time I watched that, I thought it was sexual, but the second time I watched it, it wasn't nearly as sexual. Dude, it's totally sexual. It's, there's, she looks through a glory hole at the, at the two, the Dr. Jacoby with the kid, the 26 year old third grader, grader. who was kind of, I was, I was saying the same thing. I'm like, Okay, this guy's like mentally handicapped and he looks this good. Yeah, so like he could play like he's got good, oh, yeah, dude. good hair, like good body. Yeah, guy. he's a very like, hot guy. <laughs> At the wedding is the first time they actually showed him like a full, the full force, like, oh shit. The, or, <laughs> the funeral, they showed him without his uh, headdress on. Yeah, like, oh, this is a good looking guy. It's like, oh, they just so. casted like a Hollywood hunk. <laughs> Because that guy could have easily been up for like the role of quarterback or, or movie star number two, and he just Bobby, got. That's like basically yeah. Bobby. Like, oh, yeah. you can't play Bobby. You're gonna play this mentally handicapped. Yeah. You're gonna cover yeah. your yeah. backup role. <laughs> no, yeah, honestly, he shows up to, shows up to casting, and that's the that's her. <laughs> All right, you you pulled the autistic kid that's in third grade. And they're like, the, okay, okay. The agent's like, we can't have his face getting tainted. We're going to put it under an Indian mask, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so that was sexual, right? Like, No, I see, Kevin, I agree. I, the first watch, I thought it was. Second watch, I'm like, now I'm like, maybe Dr. Jacoby like, knows what he's doing and is actually mm-hmm. helping the kid. But there's also just so many trap doors, glory holes. Like weird stuff in this episode yeah. where everything's behind something. Trapdoor with the yeah. boxes. Uh, Reverend Clarence Brocklehurst reads a passage of scripture at the funeral. Cooper watches all the people there, especially Bobby. James watches from a distance. Okay, and then we get to Johnny Horn shouts. How does hey, he? Man. <laughs> yeah. Can hey, we watch it? Man. You gotta watch this. Can you close that other show you're watching? put this one on oh bojack horseman <laughs> yeah i loved her and i will miss her the rest of my days Amen. oh my god the log Amen. lady is next to that guy you notice that oh okay. my god thank you johnny did not notice that. <laughs> i love bobby I, he's my new favorite over leo you killed her. We all killed her. Look at that skinny tie. I do like how Bobby goes into kind of how everyone was involved. He kind of mentions that, like, we're all acting like she's a saint, but everyone here knew where this was all going to end up sort of thing. Can I backtrack for one second? Go ahead. Well, uh, Johnny Horn's dad describes Johnny. He says... Johnny doesn't know what day it is. I've been waiting 20 years for some form of intelligent life. <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, repeat your state. Oh, no, Owen, go ahead. So we're going different uh, paths, I guess. I thought that it was, it was nice to see that this was the first scene where, like, the whole entire cast is in the same exact scene. Oh. Oh, interesting. Including the log lady, like, r- random log lady like Bobby, all the names. <laughs> I don't know half the character's name. I was about to start listing Laura? them off, but I don't remember. She wasn't there because she's dead. 
Marge Simpson. <laughs> she, well, she's there. She's in. The, <laughs> she's in the casket. That red yeah. ass casket. Can you imagine being buried in that casket? I would be so pissed. It was like bright red. I don't what know. What that, you that's what I pulled out of it. What color do you want? I don't, just wood, I guess. Right. Just wood. Just plain wood. <laughs> not yeah, wood not stained. You're in Seattle. You must have like a specific type of wood you're trying to get buried in. I do uh, wonder where wood comes into play with this series. Because I mean, the whole intro is about wood. Go dude, ahead. if you came out here, Dennis, like a majority of there's so many sawmills. I don't yeah. know. I don't think it's. I think it's just culture. And oh, yeah. it, or sorry, Dennis. Which one is which? <laughs> I'm Laura. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyways, so James tackles Bobby in that slow motion football scene. Yeah, and look, there's like, sorry, Owen. There's onlookers just like standing there, and they're like full sprint screaming at each other, and they're just acting like they're staring straight ahead, not looking at either of them. I didn't like that. I didn't like that either. I'm with you. And then Leland collapses on the coffin as it's lowered into the ground. Laura's mom, who's... Definitely the worst character in the yeah. show. Must have you ruined seen. everything. <laughs> yeah. uh, so then after the funeral, there's this long establishing shot of the double R diner. And then we cut to Shelly making fun of the funeral scene. Which <laughs> <we> love <laughs> Shelly. <laughs> that yeah. was probably my favorite part is she was talking about and there's some really old guys just laying like, their asses <laughs> off about some guy going up and down. <laughs> With the cast of his dead daughter. Realistic, like, scene. Like, Especially for guys fun. like us who are just, like, complete hams. And we're just like, dude, we saw the funniest shit over here. <laughs> Why is he so sad? Yeah. He's got his cousin that looks the same. <laughs> I just thought that was really good. It made me, like, it, I would say right now my uh, character rankings are Leo, Bobby, and then Shelly after that. Yeah, I think Bobby's number one for me now. And then Agent Cooper. And then, yeah. I don't know. Okay. Cooper enters the diner and joins them and orders a slice of pie, which I noted that it was Huckleberry Pie again. Yes. Upon seeing Ed and Norma interact, he asks how long they've been together. Harry then tells Cooper about a drug running operation they're trying to bust. Harry tells Cooper that there's an evil in the woods. Dennis, I thought you would love that. That's like your favorite there, type of show. There is. And, you know, I actually just joined this club. It's called the Book Boys Club. And we have to read all these books. Like, <laughs> bear, Hanna Bear, um, Snake. I like to swim. Just like these really philosophical books about evil in the woods. All right. He's been uh, in tune with the podcast. Dennis likes to bring out his favorite prop from every episode. And today's prop is the book. I think we might get a decent clip. No, but honestly, the uh, this part of the show, I'm like, whoa, this is like throwing a whole nother twist in here. And I kind of like it. I completely agree um let me just cut to two things really quick so yes he orders the huckleberry pie which is the second reference of huckleberry pie i've seen in this show uh but then they allude to this whole secret society and twin peaks 
and says there's a darkness in the woods. And I'm like, Dennis, this is your show. You must be hooked. <laughs> I didn't like that. I, I don't really like the the next scene where they kind of reveal the secret society. I feel like I missed that. The secret society is that like the drug runners from like the French Canadian guys. Yeah, no, that is. Well, no. So they go to the, uh, the book house boys go to their like little club. Right. So just to summarize it really quickly, like, they're saying, like, uh, Truman is saying that there's, like, basically good people and bad people in this area, and they're part of the good guys, and they have, like, their own secret society that, like, is trying to do good, and that there's, like, all kind of weirdness and bad. Well, yeah, so he he's kind of admitting to the fact that there's, yeah, evil in the woods, and it's almost like maybe that's why they've been so lackadaisical about Laura dying, is, like, they know what caused it almost like the evil in the woods mm -hmm. like they're protecting from some like external evil force or something like that so yeah i liked it it's larger than just some simple crime it's like some supernatural yeah thing that's what well, i like too like i mean we already got kind of that feeling the last episode with the dream where we're like okay this is something bigger than just a normal crime show now we're adding this other supernatural element mm -hmm. to it that makes a lot of sense. It's like, okay, like let's get back to the donuts. We know this exists. Like we don't need to like yeah. humor your out of city, like bullshit. Like we know what's going on. Okay. So the men go to the book house and Harry says they've been meeting there for 20 years. They do something weird where they tap their eyes. James and another young man, Joey Paulson and Bernard Renault janitor at the roadhouse bound and gag they capture him after he comes across the border with an ounce of cocaine he denies being a mule and says the cocaine is for personal use his brother jacques who doesn't have an accent while well, the brother has a thick accent yeah <laughs> yeah is a bartender at the roadhouse and bernard tells him to talk to his brother and cooper says he does not believe that bernard would tell them where and when to find jacques I yeah. like that they gave the the guys from Canada a French Canadian accent. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. just just to show that that that's what we mean about crossing the border. Like we don't want to get things confused. Yeah. Like that you think we're about. <laughs> and even Mexico. though like French Canada is like on the other side, on uh, the other side, me and Sarah were like, "What the hell is going on?" Like, there's yeah. No, I, I don't the, I don't really like the scene because I don't like that Cooper was okay with them basically tying this guy up and gagging him to question him. Like I thought Cooper was yeah, more yeah. like follow the law, you know, that sort of by the book sort of stuff. But maybe that's him like kind of buying into this little small town bullshit and the yeah. coffee and the pie. So I, I, I that makes him more human than I thought. Mm -hmm. he's kind of like i really like this like this life is much better than my like buy the book bullshit so well by the thing by him saying like he likes this life a little bit more he does mention that at one point back in the day that he might settle down and buy a piece mm -hmm. of real estate out there by there so he loves it that much that he's like started to be like get into the culture of pacific northwest where he's like, oh, I kind of like it out here. I need to cut being who I was beforehand. This by the book guy and get to be part of the culture. Wait, I glossed yeah. over that, but I had a great note, uh, credit to self on that. He does mention, he's like, 
Reminder to self, look into, uh, remind me to look into property out here. I'm sure it's reasonably priced. And I'm like, the Pacific Northwest, reasonably priced. That is like, maybe out there though, right? No. I no. wrote a completely different note, Kevin. I was like, he is extremely right because this is pre like Microsoft boom. Mm -hmm. It was extremely reasonably priced. I was like, this guy would be fucking killing it if he bought some land that's out here. Maybe so. he knew that too because he went 25 years in the future. And he but, maybe, ooh, he David, Zillow? David Lynch can actually bring in the future. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. David Lynch knew too. <laughs> that would give us the series a whole different level of credit. Well, do you know David Lynch co founded Zillow? Really? No. Oh, good one. <laughs> I can't believe it. I was like, holy shit, this fucking guy. Uh, no, I think they're going to make a really good joke about that in the return episode where he's like, and I used to think this place was reasonably priced. Okay, so the fat guy, Jacques, runs away from the roadhouse. He calls Leo, who's cleaning his boots, which I would like to note, that's Shelly's job. Yeah. <laughs> what is he doing? <laughs> He's that's not good for Shelly. Maybe this uh, is Leo being a nice guy giving her a night off. Yo, totally. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you don't you don't have to take my knife and shove it in the bottom of my boots and fling out the mud tonight. Honey. That's so Leo. <laughs> okay. And uh that guy calls because the light is on. So it's just very clear that like Leo is part of the dark part of the society. And this Jacques guy is part of the dark side of society. Nothing else there. Uh, Shelly comes home and she pulls a gun out of her purse and hides it with the bloody shirt. I didn't realize she hit it with bloody shirt. But yeah. when, oh, you, when you pull a gun out in the first act, it comes out in the third act. So that's definitely going to come out at the end of the season, that gun. Um, then there's this really weird scene with Josie and sheriff wilson um they go and she says something horrible is going to happen when they look in some book safe or safe and they look for books and there were two books but it turns out that catherine oh. is hiding the second one and i don't catherine i don't like is, this storyline yeah dude catherine the fact that they one try to sexualize her earlier by putting her in the bed where she had like the sheets that were like well that was gross and then her like hiding the oh Catherine's yeah the old lady right with the red hair just gotta that make sure i get my name straight yeah the red-headed lady oh wow yeah yeah that's and then nice she stuff. stole the or that she took the books away and she's listening to the intercom i fucking hate this lady she drives me nuts i can't wait i hopefully she gets killed it's easily the most Man, boring storyline of this whole thing and i like for sure gloss over any of those scenes you think sheriff's a good kisser yeah. though Oh my god, I have a note about that. And that is like the most passionate like kiss scene on television I've ever seen. Because it's like none of the sex, just all of the foreplay. Yeah. Dude, I was gonna say what kissing scene in my next note is a very hot kissing scene with Cap and Josie. <laughs> I had the same uh, note. I like had, I wrote use the word hot and then I deleted it when I read wrote over my notes because I was like, I don't think that's that's the Catholic guilt getting to yeah. heaven. <laughs> you can't say something hot. Um, before that kissing scene, though, is Dr. J with secret flowers in his overcoat at the graveyard. 
Cooper. I think it's Cooper interrogating. He said, I'm a terrible person, Agent Cooper. I pretend I'm not, but I am. Actually, after hearing that, I'm like, okay, this guy's pretty okay. I think he's innocent. Yeah. He's got some insane outfits, though. He's looking like a cartoon. I, 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 his outfits really annoy me. I, I know. I completely agree because my other thing I thought about, <laughs> I'm like, oh, he looks like one of those crazy people downtown that I live with. Like, there's just people that, like, walk around in those clothes all day long. And I'm like, what lives are they living where that's normal? Yeah, dude, he was wearing, like, a, a cap or a, yeah, no, a cape, sorry, a cape with, like, a, <laughs> he's wearing a an insane, <laughs> he's wearing a, a cape with a weird hat. Well, at one point he's, wearing a, he's wearing glasses. One of them's red and one of them's, like, green. <laughs> that's normal. Why? <laughs> it's the 90s. Just in case he's going to see a 3D movie. <laughs> All right, we're really close. Uh, this part meant nothing to me, although it's probably fucking important as shit. Josie asks Harry if it is possible that someone killed her husband so that Benjamin could have the land and asks if they will kill her too. Harry reassures her no. So, I don't know. Something about... I don't remember that part. Okay, and then we'll get to the very end. And I let's just pull this up for measure. Let's just watch Leyland dance like a psycho on the dance floor. Letting them soul wanders. Dream souls. Where do they wander? Faraway places. When I first heard this, I'm like, is he sleepwalking? Is that where Laura is? Laura's in the ground, Agent Cooper. That's the only thing I'm sure of. Dance with me. Sorry. Please. Dance with me. Please. Dance with me. I honestly, I wasn't sure. I was like, shit, I don't remember the fact that the one son came out here, the guy with the Indian cap. Oh, he does? <laughs> no, it just oh. sounded like him. <laughs> Dance with me. That's <laughs> but there was an important aspect of that like so on the, the last episode leland was dancing with laura like the picture of her and now he's begging other people to dance with him so it's like clearly he's like trying to like recreate some moment with his daughter or like something they like share in common so yeah and I thought near the end of it, Agent Cooper season, I'm like, is he going to go up and dance with them? That would be awesome. Oh, my God. That would be so <laughs> I was like, I'm like, if he does that, I'm going to love this character. He's like, hang on a second. I got to go dance with somebody. Yeah, that would have that would have elevated this the series to me. To the that would, that, it is what it takes. Like, just like some like moment like that, that just completely breaks. Yeah. Like you feel ball. bad for the guy and you're like, yeah. all right, I'll dance with him. <laughs> they like just start grinding on the dance floor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Apple bottom jeans comes on. Um, yeah, we made it. But, Is that it? Dude, yeah. That's, but yeah, any closing thoughts? I like. All right, <laughs> I like the idea of coming in at the beginning of the episode. We re relay who our favorite character is at the beginning. At the end, after the podcast, because we end up getting a better understanding for the person. Oh, like, right, Rewrapping. This is your favorite character. Favorite character. Did you leave with the same thoughts or someone else? 
Yeah, like because so. right now, like we all hate James and Norma, and it's like maybe by the end of the episode, we yeah, R- right. Because at the beginning, Bobby was not really on my radar, and mm-hmm. you guys put him on my car. Maybe yeah, we did a vote to the 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 peak freak or winner of the episode. Ooh, I like that. I like that peak freak winner of the episode. Who's the best character in this episode? Yeah. Bobby. We just do that at the end. Clear. Bobby, right? Yeah, I think Bobby won. Yeah, yeah. Who was the worst? Bobby wins it. Worse? Worst um, like main character, right? Someone that means of some importance or just a like mom, just um, or Palmer's mom. I That's hate. a good point. She came in with like one line and she's just Yeah, she sucks. The eye patch lady, Laura they're all women. So like can we just say that all the women suck <laughs> in the show? <laughs> no, I'll make a contrast. Okay, so my favorite character of the episode is Shelly with her impression of the funeral scene. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, well, I still honestly, on the re- on the record, all the women on the show suck. Shelly did an alright job, but it's such a minute, like, situation. But she was so nothing. She was just kind of the bitch that Leo fucks up for the first two episodes. <laughs> and then she came out and showed that she has like a sense of humor. She can work a crowd. Yeah. I think Bobby was always on the radar. Actually, going back to Dude, that, I, I, that, she has kind of a shitty personality too, like making fun of a. Yeah, yeah, girl. Like, yeah. Maybe it's just. Like she's not some saint. Yeah. Like she needs some soap. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Honestly, I think Lee. Yeah, Leo's trying to clean up her image. He's like, yeah. oh, you're making fun of too many people. <laughs> we got to make sure that you do a better job. You run the double R. Double R is very important. <laughs> yeah. I love that you have so. a Brooklyn accent in your version of it. <laughs> okay, and then the last question we should always ask is who was the, or what was the best moment of the episode? Um, and <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I was gonna say. I think when Bob, I think when Bobby came out and said, "You all fucking killed her," or whatever, I like that. Funeral scene was like that was the best. Hands down, I think. I right? did like the part where the sheriff mentions the secret society, too. I like yeah. that extra layer. No, that was good. <laughs> my my favorite was friend. I'm gonna turn it up side <laughs> down. That was mine. <laughs> that would be a good intro to a, a dubstep song. Yeah. So I think the like ties back into being that Bobby is clearly the the star of the show because each scene that he's been in, he was in only two scenes, mm-hmm. and both yeah. of them were the absolute best. Yeah, I like him. I I like that he's scared of Leo, like a player. And he's like, I the, with Laura. There was this allusion to Jesus, and I think he's going to come out as like the saving grace of this series. His yeah. arms bend backwards sometimes too. Yeah, <laughs> that's when he's making fun of Jesus. <laughs> 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 <laughs>